0: No, the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi hey there, everyone. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you every week in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspect And we're introducing our newest show sponsor, the Sitka Law Group, for your real estate, wills, and estates, corporate, and personal injury needs. If you need an opinion from professionals in insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, and legal questions, Denise Carey, Carrie Smith, and Sitka Law are great people to chat with. Just visit the CFAX 1070 website, look under shows, there you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. And all their contact information is there. Or you can always find me online or social media. I'd be happy to introduce you. My background as your host. For the next hour is as a locally born and raised Victorian, I've been selling homes here for 28 years. I've overseen hundreds of transactions, so I've seen almost every situation you can imagine. But of course, new things pop up every day. It makes this job really fun. Call me if you need a seasoned professional for your real estate needs. Again, you can either contact me by going to the CFAX website, finding our show, or uh, going to my team's website the prime real estate team it's primeteam.ca this week we're chatting with our newest show sponsors of this weekly program the lawyers at sitka law group specifically grapreet randawa and christian hoy we'll be talking about the legal practice as it relates to your home from buying through ownership into estates and even more so we'll start our show with our usual weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, give us a call. Our hotline here is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or again, find us on the CFAX 1070 website. Uh, there has been yet more conversation and it seems to be a theme this entire month has been all about property assessments uh, and of course the deadline for appeal uh, has passed but it's very interesting uh, just to see the response that people have had from this year. I mentioned last week about the fact that the majority of people's assessments have been up uh, there have been hopes that the increased assessments mean that the properties are worth more uh, I've spoken with uh, uh, inquire people who have inquired even clients and friends who have wondered if they could sell their properties for even more than this higher assessed value. And the uh, what I mentioned last week was, it is still not an expression of the true value of the property. Now, I had a uh, chat with a client this past week, and it was a little bit different because of the fact that um, they were in the process of appealing their assessment, and they wanted to appeal it upward. And so far, the only people I know that wanted to do that. And I asked him why, because they had just bought the house two years ago. Uh, It didn't make sense to me because, you know, most people typically want their assessments to remain low because the thought is with a lower assessment, your share of property taxes would be less. uh, So your operating costs on an annual basis would be less. Uh, And his explanation was very interesting because uh, they're retired Uh, They're living on a retirement uh, income and a nice pension. Um, They also have a a secured line of credit against the property. Uh, And I guess what happened is, or what could happen is, because the line of credit is is, um, uh, somehow tied in with the assessed value, it is to their benefit to actually have a higher assessment than a lower one. So uh, he asked me, as clients uh, often do, to give him some other examples of properties that he could use during his uh, appeal process, which we did, and that's something that we do. And by the way, it's something that we're happy to do for any of you um, uh, next year, because again, it's, it's too late right now because the appeal process is passed. Um, but uh, I thought that was very interesting. You know, so there's there always seems to be different angles to every story, and uh, that was definitely a, a different one there. Um, now, Something I do want to bring up right now is this whole speculation tax, the speculation and vacancy tax. Uh, I want to make sure all my listeners know that uh, homeowners in the key areas of British Columbia, so that is Vancouver, Lower Mainland, Kelowna, Nanaimo, and of course the Capital Regional District, which we're here in right now, All property owners received a document in the mail, which is a declaration. It's a declaration uh, that you are an owner-occupier. You are not a foreign um, uh, homeowner. Uh, It is something that uh, was mailed out as of January 21st, so just recently. The important thing I want to make sure all of you know is that you must complete the declaration. All of the homeowners in Victoria must complete the declaration. Uh, if you do forget to do so, and by the way, the due date is March 31st for the declaration, um, it is not optional. So if you don't fill in the form, the uh, BC government will assess you the uh, speculation tax uh, which is 0.5% of the assessed value of the property. So your last property assessment. Now this is significant because if it is a one million dollar assessment, that's a five thousand dollar tax that you're going to have to pay. Uh, based on conversations that I've had with consumers, uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of people out there that um, have not will not have filled in that form by then. The tax will be due on uh, June the second, uh, and. People will have to pay it, even if it's a mistaken tax due to the fact that someone forgot to fill in the declaration. Uh, the government, basically you've you've got six years um, uh, for the government to return that money. Actually, it's not really clear whether or not the government has six years to pay it back or if it's only a six-year period in which you can uh, claim the refund. But in any event, it's a lot of money. It's a pretty big deal. Um, basically, of course, the government is trying to discover who out there of the 1.6 million uh, uh, homeowners in the affected area are spec, uh, speculation owners uh, or foreign owners as well. Uh, the estimates are that the number is somewhere around 32000 um, So, you know, it's not a huge uh, number. But the biggest thing for you guys to know is, unlike the homeowner grant, so you fill out your homeowner grant every year, and you do so in order to qualify for the grant. So, in other words, if you don't fill in the grant, you're just paying your full taxes. But if you do fill in your homeowner grant, you get the reduction in taxes based on what you qualify for. This is a little different because if you do nothing— Uh, you will get charged a tax. So you get charged for doing nothing. So you must do so. Please make sure everyone you know knows this. This is a very important fact. Again, the deadline is March 31st. uh, And for anyone who has not, anyone who is a speculation uh, or speculator uh, or um, a foreign owner, they uh, will be assessed the tax and it will be due on June the 2nd. There's a number of exemptions, by the way, Uh, It's if a property has been inherited, uh, if somebody is in the process of uh, going into a uh, retirement home, um, there are other exemptions, uh, special, special separation, uh, and, and a few things. Maybe we'll talk about this with uh, our guest today, our, our fine legal friends from Sitka Law Group. Uh, but the government website is pretty well detailed, so I would suggest going to gov.bc.ca and go uh, look under speculation tax. All the details are there. If you have a question, any question, any burning question, maybe even around this topic here, give me a call. 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. We'd be happy to discuss it. Oh, and the other thing is we've been talking all about our special event coming up. It is the Home uh, Buyer and Owner event with the CVAX Whole Home Show Professionals. This will be on Saturday, March the 9th at the Union Club here downtown. The time will be from 11 o'clock in the morning to 1 in the afternoon, and that includes, by the way, a, a light lunch. Uh, you'll be up close and personal with myself and all of the sponsors from the whole home show. That's the, uh, the mortgage broker, Denise, Denise Webster, home insurance manager, Carrie Augustini, building inspector, Carrie Smith, and, of course, our newest sponsors and sponsor for the day, the lawyers from the Sitka Law Group. You'll learn tips on buying... Selling, owning, and insuring your home. Uh, this is not a selling uh, session, by the way. We're not there to sell you guys anything. We're just there to give you tons of great information. There's limited seating. Tickets are only $25. That includes, like I said, a light lunch. Go to the CFAX 1070 website. Look, Find us under shows. And there is a link where you can register right there. And, by the way, we are giving a pair of tickets away every week until the event. So... First person to email me will receive them two tickets. Uh, it'll be the best two hours you've spent. Uh, email me at tony at primeteam.ca. That's tony at primeteam.ca. And I'll let you know if you're the lucky winner for the week. Again, you've got to be the first person in. So hopefully you win. We were talking with the Sitka Law Group today. We're going to take a quick break here. But when we come back, we'll be talking about legal aspects surrounding real estate. Back in just a moment. Hi there, everyone. Thanks for coming back. You are listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Very excited to introduce to you uh, today our newest sponsors for your weekly program here, the lawyers at the Sitka Law Group. And with us today uh, are Gapreet Randawa and Christian Hoy, uh, both representing Sitka. Thanks for coming, guys
1: thanks for having us
0: Thank you Tony yeah I know not both of you guys are experienced here I've had you both here on the show uh, separately mm-hmm. actually uh, you you guys are always great providing uh, legal advice uh, great to have you as a, as a regular supporter of the show I mean we had so many listeners um, uh, that love the program I get feedback every week they say they get tons of great information and we've needed the whole the legal brain and that's what you guys are here to do so that's great. Um, tell us about Sitka Law. So, Gapreet, how uh, there's so many law firms out there. Yeah. Um, how long has Sitka been around? Yeah. How many lawyers? Uh, all of those things.
1: Yeah. Um, so Sitka Law Group has been around for three years, this month actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and we currently have nine lawyers. Um, so we're a general practice. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a team of solicitors who practice Residential and commercial real estate, corporate wills and estates, and and then we have a litigation team as well um, who practices in the area of personal injury. Mm-hmm. So, where I would consider us a full service firm.
0: Yeah. So, and of course, um, SIC has been around for three years, but many of the lawyers in your firm have been around for a long time.
1: Yes, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, I, I mean,
0: think. Bob Salmon's been around for, he's been practicing
2: law for like 40 years, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: so is Ken. Ken's been around for a long time as well.
2: And Stephanie Seabere yeah. and Victoria Pitt. So, yeah. yes, we do have a very experienced team with us.
0: Yeah, that's great. Now, um, uh, you just mentioned the many of the uh, things that you practice. Is there anything that you don't do within the legal firm that we should know? Um,
1: yep. So, at our TICA, at we don't practice uh, criminal law. Uh-huh. Um, we don't practice intellectual property law uh, or immigration law.
0: Or or yeah. immigration law, okay, yeah. good to know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, Christian. You know, there's so many law firms out there, and I we've seen it before where a consumer a client needs a lawyer, for instance, for a real estate uh, transaction, and sometimes it can be a little daunting because when they open up the phone book or they go to you know they go online find a lawyer for real estate. There's so many there, right? And and how how
2: what's a great way for someone to decide who to choose as as a lawyer? I think there's a number of factors that come into play on that one. One of the big ones is talking to your community. So if you're dealing with a realtor, talk to your realtor, a mortgage broker. Um, Talk to the people you're working with. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends. Uh, Do your research. There's a lot of reviews online on lawyers. Um, There's a lot of people that can give you insight into the lawyer. Once you've narrowed it down, don't hesitate to call lawyers and ask them questions. See if they have time to answer your questions. See what kind of rapport you have with them. Ideally, you're creating a long-term relationship. They're not going to help you just with your real estate deal. They may also help you with your estate planning. Your will and all that. Your will, yeah. uh, power of attorney, if you're in an accident later on in life. So there's a lot of different things your lawyer may help you with in the future. So you do want something you have a good connection with. Mm-hmm. Actually, you just brought up something I
0: think that's really important. So I, I guess sometimes people have the fear. They're like, okay, I'd really like to talk to this lawyer, get a sense of what they're like. But I wonder if, if I call the law firm, will I actually get the lawyer or do I get a staff member?
2: Mm-hmm. And that really depends. So we do try and talk to our clients and try and have ourselves very approachable, but of course we are in meetings. So usually we have if we're not available we just have a voicemail and then we call the client back mm-hmm. but yes we always want to talk to our clients and make sure that they know us and they can relate with us
0: well i've had this experience with uh, both of you guys I, I know that you you are great you are diligent at uh, responding to uh, to calls and requests and stuff like that um, but i do think it's very important too and the, the other thing that you mentioned as well is uh, talking to your to your community because the lawyer and the mortgage broker or your you know brother sister family members these are people that have actually had the experience with the lawyer, so they can give first-hand advice, um, which frankly is generally better than uh, even reading a review on a, on a website, right? It's coming from people that you know.
2: I totally agree. Uh, the people that you know have already dealt with that person, so they can give you that first-hand insight on the individual. Um, and, and you're right, reviews on websites are fantastic, but we all know that they can be different yeah. in times, made by different people, and maybe have axes or things like that to bear, to uh, grind.
0: Yeah, for sure. So now, um, when somebody does call up, when they're they're uh, thinking of hiring a lawyer for whatever reason—real estate, real estate, or whatever—what are some questions that they that they should ask? Because again, I'm sure consumers, they they may not know where to start. Gurbir.
1: Um, so as a consumer, I would want to know how long that lawyer has been practicing in that area, whether um, they uh, have primary areas of focus or whether they do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd want to know those questions. And like Christian said, I think it's all about building that rapport and, and trying to determine whether you're going to have a good relationship with that lawyer, whether they're forthcoming with information. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to provide as much information as I can. um, And I encourage clients to come in for a complimentary consultation where I'll take my time to walk them through a real estate purchase or a will um, and then give them the time they need to determine whether or not they're comfortable moving forward. So um, I would also look at that as, as how much information are they providing to you.
0: That's great to know. That's great to know. The, you know, because because again, I think consumers often can feel that lawyers are scary. Now mm-hmm. I'm looking at both of you guys. You are not scary, right? <laughs> you, and again, like I said, you're, you're you have always been approachable in in the time that I've known you guys, um, but. I, you know that's that's just I think one of those stereotypes that mm-hmm. that people have I mean mm-hmm. your your role is essential in because uh, we're talking real estate here in a real mm-hmm. estate transaction people cannot do a transaction without uh, having uh, a solicitor do the conveyance correct right
1: well, a lawyer or a notary
0: yes yep um, yeah gone are the days because in the old old days mm-hmm. it, perhaps it was possible they could have done it, but it is a complicated process mm-hmm. right now
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah um so with the real estate transaction, let's talk about the process here, right? Because you just mentioned having an initial uh, consultation with a uh, a client, for instance, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. would be the next time generally that you see them?
1: Um, so it really depends. Some clients will call us while they're still negotiating a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've made an offer um, that's subject to various conditions. might be
0: subject to lawyer approval. Exactly. Yes.
1: Um, So if a client calls us when a deal is still conditional, um, we'll talk to them about the various conditions that they have in place, whether it's reviewing the contract or reviewing title or reviewing strata documents. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point, um, we'll answer any general questions they have. We'll um, give them an idea of next steps if they do decide to move forward with the purchase. Um, so at that stage, we're usually more involved. Um, and then once they've fulfilled their conditions, um, we usually get in touch with them a few weeks before closing. Yeah. Once we have documents from the realtor's office and from the mortgage broker or lender. Um, and and it'll be one follow-up meeting to sign all the closing documents.
0: Yeah, and that happens very close to the closing date.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, this time of, of year, it's, it can be a week, about a week or more before closing. But in the summertime, we find it's usually a few days before Tighter. closing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, people often get worried about that because, you know, we'll have clients say, well, our closing doesn't happen for three months. Can you send our lawyer the documents now? You guys can't really do anything with the documents until you get instructions from the other side, right?
1: That's right. So um, we need to get instructions from the realtor's office, but we also need the lender's documents. Yeah. Um, And we usually get those a few days before closing. Yeah. Um, So unless somebody, you know... Has an emergency or plans and we need to make arrangements to have them in a bit sooner, yeah. but it's very common to meet clients.
0: Well, there are emergencies and Christian, you may not remember cause you, you, you know, you guys do so much, but you helped out a client of ours from Edmonton and we had a sale and it was a really quick closing. I can't remember. Like it. the timeline, the fuse was really short. Um, and uh, I think it's important for people to know that,
2: that this is, it is possible, right? It certainly is possible. And as Garpreet mentioned, the big thing is that we're waiting on other parties, so we need to have uh, instructions from the lender, from the realtor's office, we need yeah. to have documents from the other side, um, so that's why we typically meet close to the meeting date, to the completion date. That being said, with your client there, um, when we do have a tight timeline, we certainly make all those phone calls, we tell everybody where we're at, what we need, and we get at the ball rolling very quickly for our clients. Yeah, and um, in many cases as well, too, we have absentee clients.
0: Of course. So uh, a client who is, uh, for instance, someone who's buying, but they, in his case, he's from Edmonton or whatever. So um, you need to make arrangements for signatures and everything, right? Mm-hmm.
2: And, and that's correct. So the, the individual does have to meet with the lawyer notary. And if they're out of the province, out of the country, we have them meet with the lawyer notary wherever they you are. You know,
0: hold that thought because I want to cover that. That's an important one, but we do have to take a break right now. Well, we're having a chat right now with the law, the lawyers from the Sitkal Law Group, Grapreet Rondawa and Christian Hoy, talking about legal aspects uh, around real estate. We're going to take a quick break. Back in just a moment. Hi there, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part... Every week by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectac, and the lawyers at the Sitka Law Group, who, incidentally, we have in our studio today talking uh, about legal aspects around real estate. If you need an opinion from professionals in these areas, insurance, mortgages, building inspections, uh, or law, Denise Carrie. Carrie Smith and Sitka Law are great people to chat with. You can find their contact information on the CFAX 1070 website under our show, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. All their contact information uh, is there. And I mentioned a little earlier as well, too, about the event that we have coming up. It is our home buyer and owner event with all of our home show professionals from our CFAX show here. It's going to be on Saturday, March the 9th at the Union Club downtown. It'll be from 11 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon. So two hours packed full of great information. This would be ideal for anyone who is thinking about buying a home, thinking somebody who is thinking of selling a home, even homeowners who have lived in their home for a while that are looking for maintenance tips, looking for um, uh, instruction and advice on what to do to set up their estate to be ready for um, uh, wills and estate planning, all that kind of stuff. We're going to have the right people in the room there for you. They'll answer all of your questions. You'll be up close and personal with all of us. Uh, tickets are $25. That includes a light lunch. You can sign up uh, on our page on the CFAX 1070 website. Again, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Uh, they are $25 each. It'll be the best two hours you've spent. We look forward to seeing you there. Again, we have with us right now Gaprit Rondawa and Christian Hoy from the Sitka Law Group. Just before the break, we were talking about what happens if a client is absentee. So, Christian, we were talking about what happens, for instance, when a buyer is not physically present here in
2: Victoria. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there's two ways we get around this one. One is if they have a power of attorney. So a power of attorney is where they appoint someone else to sign contracts, make financial decisions on their behalf. Commonly a spouse or, Commonly a, spouse or tight, a close, close friend relative. or a professional. Yeah. Yeah. So they could appoint someone that's here that could come into the office and sign the documents on their behalf. And that's usually done when they're going to be somewhere where they we can't reach them. So for example, they're on a, on a ship, Yes. they're traveling. Um, the other option is for them to meet with a lawyer or notary wherever they are. So if they're going to be overseas, we can send the documents to that lawyer or notary. Mm-hmm. They can meet with that lawyer or notary, sign the documents, and have them returned to us.
0: So by the way, within Canada, presumably, um, that's a pretty streamlined process. And the, the law... The law is different in Quebec, though, right? Or does that make a difference?
2: law is different in Quebec, but that doesn't make a difference for the purposes of this. Yeah. Um, the bigger difference is when we send documents overseas, ensuring that they can find someone that can speak English. Yeah. And some lenders have concerns with um, the professional they use overseas. We just have to make sure the lender will approve that so and the power it, of attorney.
0: It has some degree of authentication. Like somebody needs to confirm that the, that the uh, notary on the other side is, in fact, legitimate, right?
2: Exactly, and the notary confirms that the client is legitimate as well. Ah, got yeah. it. Yeah,
0: yeah, because we have to do that with um, uh, uh, identification. Uh, when we have overseas buyers, we need to ensure that they are um, so that the financial uh, uh, <laughs> the FinTrack. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's it's. Uh, Escaping me right now, but the, uh, the, the government asks us to identify people to make sure that, you know, it's not money laundering or a terrorist financing act. Right? Of course. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, going back to uh, getting it confirmed, so you're going to want to make sure that there is a, uh, um, it's notarized on the other side, right? Correct, yes. Right. And a uh, question that comes up often is, how do you receive the documents? Like, is a scanned document uh, acceptable?
2: Yeah, for those those documents that are signed out of our office, we get them scanned back to us by and sent by fax or by email, and then we have the originals come in do course as well, okay. but we can complete the deal with the um, scanned or emailed documents.
0: Yeah, so unlike the old days where there was a big, big scramble, uh, much more streamlined today, although you still want to be amply prepared, right? Definitely.
2: Yeah. And you want to give your lawyer or notary a lot of notice if you're planning to sign overseas or out of province.
0: Yeah. Let's talk really quickly about that uh, power of attorney. So, repeat, I mean, this is something uh, many of our listeners, of course, will be familiar with this. But, of course, it is not something that you can just whip up like in an afternoon and have done, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it depends on the circumstances. I mean, if again, if there's an emergency, we might be able to make that work. But generally, um, we like to have a client come in to instruct us. Uh, and a power of attorney allows one to make uh, financial and legal decisions on your behalf um, in the event of incapacity. Or if you are going to be traveling and need somebody to deal with, for instance, a purchase or sale in your absence. Yeah.
0: So a common example, for instance, we've had many uh, military families where the husband mm-hmm. is away at sea on, uh, on duty, gone for six months. You know, very difficult to access, but the uh, spouse has uh, uh, all the decision-making powers and that's what the POA is
1: for. Exactly. That's a very common example. And my suggestion, just based on my experience, is if you are going to be in a situation where you do do need a power of attorney to sign on your behalf on a refinance purchase, um, run it by the lender as well. Because some lenders will not accept documents signed by a power of attorney. So you want to make sure you get the okay first.
0: Yes. Yeah. So it's not just automatic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing that, uh, I mean, the world is a, lot, is a much smaller place nowadays when uh, we can communicate this way. And, you know, even factoring things like time differentials, right? We we're in Asia. Where there's an 18-hour time difference. It is, uh, it's just amazing. Um, can we talk really quickly about uh, the Land Titles Office? Because we haven't really talked about that on the show here. Uh, obviously, um, uh, the law firm uh, has, to be, has to communicate and um, have a, a conduit to the land titles office because that's where when a real estate transaction happens, um, the title changes hands, right? So where is the land title office here?
2: The land title office is in Victoria okay. on uh, Blanchard Street in the um, atrium building. Actually. And that services British Columbia, right? That does, but I believe they have offices throughout uh, v- uh, BC as well.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, and when a transfer happens, is that all online nowadays or does somebody, because I remember when somebody <laughs> had to go with a briefcase with all the titles and then um, there was like a cashier, right? Uh, how does it work today?
1: It all happens online. It yes.
0: yeah. <laughs> was a trick question. because yeah, It's just funny when I think about it because that's really what it was. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a briefcase with all these files, and a clerk had to um, uh, go to the cashier and had to get it stamped, and there was a timestamp and everything. It's all online
2: now. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Everything's online. The payments are online. The transfer's online. And not just transferring property, as you mentioned, but also registering mortgages. They're registered at the land title office against the title of the property. Again, all online.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it it is just a, it is just amazing.
2: Uh, before I forget, here,
0: guys, if people need to reach uh the Sitka Law Group, how can they do that?
1: Um, so they can contact us by telephone, um, or email, or um, by one of our social media outlets. And our telephone number is 778-265 two six seven seven
0: great and the website you've got a great website
1: yes our website is sitcalaw.ca
0: great and you guys are also on social media so you're active on facebook instagram all of those right yes we are so any of our listeners can uh, can find you guys that way absolutely yeah um so this time of year you know it's uh, it's the new year right now um typically what are things that come your way this season
1: I'm getting actually a lot of um, wills. It's yeah. a New Year's resolution to have a will prepared. For sure. Um, so I've been very busy with estate planning.
0: It's It's amazing to find out how many people actually don't have wills, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, And there's various uh, reasons. Like it could be financial. It could be just not wanting to think about mortality. Um there's various reasons. Um,
0: I have spoken to people who who are, f- for some reason, afraid of the process because mm-hmm. they think that it's going to be difficult, having to go through all the numbers, you know, the finances yep. and the and all of that. Um, I'm guessing it's probably well. I've done it, so mm-hmm. I, I know it's not as painful yep. as people might think, right?
1: No, not at all. And. Our process is is to go through everything in detail with the client. We don't send you a questionnaire in advance because I find that's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So we'll go through the process when you come in. We'll ask various questions, um, and I find most of my clients are are pleasantly surprised. Uh, at the end of the process, they usually say, you know, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be.
0: And from a timeline standpoint, <laughs> how, how long could it take for someone from, from meeting your, your initial consult to actually having the will uh, the will done?
1: Yeah, I'm generally um, advising clients uh, to anticipate two to three weeks huh? from start to finish to get it all finalized because we do go back and forth with drafts. Most clients do want to think about things a bit further after the first Review, meeting. with
0: their family, whatever.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, but obviously in the case of an emergency, um, we're able to make it work soon.
0: Sooner. Yeah, so important. I mean, that the key word here is preparation, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Anything uh, uh, surrounding the, the legal aspects of uh, home ownership or, or, or real estate. You don't want to rush this because it's uh, that's never a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm. The, the other thing that we're finding a lot of people doing this time of year is incorporating as well. Um, they found that they've had a good year last year and it's time to incorporate their business and move into that uh, sphere as well. So we're seeing a lot of new corporations and corporate transactions coming through.
0: Great. Um, well, listen, we have to take a quick break here. We're having a conversation with Gapreet Randhawa and Christian Hoy from Sitka Law talking about legal aspects around real estate. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone. I'm Tony Joe. This is The Whole Home Show. Uh, we're talking with the lawyers from the Sitka Law Group, Gapriet Randhawa and Christian Hoy. Just before the break, we were talking about... Uh, things that are coming across their desks at this time of year. It's the new year. Uh, Christian, uh, you were talking about incorporation. Let's pick up on that as well. So uh, people are deciding that they want to incorporate. Obviously, this is something that you handle, right?
2: Yes, certainly. We do a lot of corporate work in our office, whether it's incorporating new companies, uh, share purchase, asset purchase, shareholder agreements, things like that. Um, But yes, I find a lot of people in the new year do incorporate. They've either met with their accountant. Their accountant says... It's something that'll work for you um, or it's something that's been on their mind and then the new Year resolution thing triggers it. So we're seeing a lot of new incorporations coming in. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and of course, not everyone has a calendar year uh, year end. Right. But uh, it, it makes sense to me that the the uh, the New Year's resolutions might get someone to start thinking about that process. Right.
2: Yeah, that's true. You don't need to incorporate it at the beginning of the year or the end of the year. A lot of people incorporate all through the year. It's just I think it's the calendar year end that triggers a lot of people to remember to do it and and to make that move. Yeah.
0: Um, How do you guys stay up on all of the legal stuff that happens in the province of British Columbia? I mean, I know from the real estate industry, we have... um, we have notices that come out all the time. We, of course, have regular education. Um, I, I, I'm assuming that you guys have a very rigorous uh, um, continuing education process. Um, how, how do you guys keep up with all this stuff?
2: There's a number of ways. So um, there's continuing legal education, which is required by the law society. So we do that legal education. We do seminars. We do meetings. Um, and a lot of education through that. Um, it's, re- it's required, right? It so, is required, yes. So
0: you must be able to take a certain number of hours or something, or else you don't get your license, right? Correct,
2: 12 hours every year.
0: Okay, 12 yeah. hours a year, okay. Yeah.
2: And, and I think the big thing as well for us is um, picking an area of law and really focusing on that. So I don't know everything about the law, about everything in BC. I don't know about immigration. I don't know about criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really make sure that we can streamline our practice and work in an area that we feel very confident in. Um, so our personal injury lawyer only does personal injury, our personal injury lawyers. Um, I don't do any litigation. So we really make sure that we try and narrow our practice so Specialization. we can provide the best exactly.
0: Yeah. So consequently, anything, uh, you're, you're looking out for all of the latest um, uh, requirements in those areas. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Something that has come up, of course, because of the legalization of cannabis recently, uh, we get a lot of questions from the real estate side about, hey, you know, um, what does this mean about being able to buy a property that was a uh, grow up, for instance, or things like that? I mean, these are questions that you're probably receiving as well, too, right?
2: Yeah, we're certainly receiving those as well. And of course, there's the disclosure statements, which people have to, have to or should disclose that they had a, a marijuana grow operation there or they're, they're aware that there was one there. But certainly, the impact of a grow operation can have a number of different impacts on the individual or on the home. Um, I'm certainly no expert in it, but uh, there's the mildew issue, stigmatization, even. So, there's a number of issues that the uh, buyer would have to be aware of on that.
0: And we get concerned too about the fact that if it is something that is a known grow op
2: and it is out
0: there, it's registered. Uh, even if the buyer was to secure that house for a cheaper price, um, it will remain that way forever because it's out there. It's out
2: there that it was, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly, and when the lender sees those documents too, it may raise red flags for them as well.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, very, very interesting. Um, The other thing, we started our show talking about the speculation tax and um, the vacant property tax. So this is this is a somewhat complicated piece you know again I've reviewed on the government website there's a lot of uh, there's exemptions there's um, uh, there's a couple of areas there that are a little difficult difficult to interpret I and mean, that's what you guys are here for as well it's, it's new to you as well too because uh, I mean there wasn't a lot of advanced notice with the rollout of this thing right mm-hmm. yeah um, how much of this have you been dealing with so far have you have you had clients uh, Um, uh, that qualify under this, or have to pay
2: the foreign buyer tax? We certainly will have people that, for the foreign buyer tax, yes, which is the the different issue there. Yeah, it's the property transfer
0: tax, the additional 20%.
2: But the speculation and vacancy tax, I haven't actually had any phone calls about it, so it hasn't been a big topic for my clients. I'm guessing when they start getting the letter in the mail, they will start getting the phone calls. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, and like we started out the show talking about, it's it's crucially important that homeowners fill this out mm-hmm. um, because we are, we are sure that some people will think that it's just a um, uh, uh, an optional thing.
2: Totally. And, and you're right. It is interesting that it's the reverse onus, that you will get taxed this unless you fill out the, uh, the form. Mm-hmm. Well, so one of the responsibilities that,
0: that you have um, as the solicitors for a transaction is you collect these funds and you give them to the government, right?
2: For the form buyers, yes, we certainly do collect that yeah. um, on the property transfer tax. For this, there will be likely on the, um, the property tax on annual basis. We're going to have to do an adjustment for it. So we're going to have to find out whether or not the property has been vacant.
0: Yeah, well, There's 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 a lot of things to keep up with, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, now, we have an event coming up uh, in a few weeks' time. This is our um, Home Buyers and Owners Show. Uh, this would be a great opportunity for any of our listeners to actually uh, ask you guys questions. Actually, even up until then, listeners know that they can always get in touch with us. They can give us a phone call on our hotline, ask us anything real estate related. Uh, if it is something that uh, requires... The brain power of a lawyer. Of course, we're going to ask you guys because you guys are our show sponsors now. Now, we should say that um, this is not legal advice per se, right? Uh, You guys have a disclaimer that you often say, right?
1: Well, exactly. Um, we're happy to share information, and we're looking forward to doing that through this show. Yes. Um, but obviously, the information we share does not constitute legal advice.
0: Yeah, you're still people. If people should still have that appointment with you, have a consult, mm-hmm. and then they can move forward as a client at a later date. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, getting back to the real estate thing, you, one of you guys mentioned a little bit earlier um, uh, refinance. This is also something else. People need to know that they don't just need you guys when they are buying or selling a property. If they're getting a refinance with a mortgage uh, and uh, the mortgage is registered on title, it also needs your help as well, right?
2: Yeah, typically it does. So sometimes if people are refinancing with the same lender, then they don't need to come back through the lawyer because the form has already been registered on very. Um, broad terms. Uh, but if they are changing lenders, then certainly they do need to come to a lawyer notary and we can assist them with that process too.
0: Yeah. And um, it's, a, it's a natural and a logical progression for someone to talk about their real estate and their house uh, and then turning into um, the whole wills and estate situation there, right?
1: Absolutely. I find usually, you know, the home purchase is is the biggest purchase you're going to make in your life. And you want to ensure that you have a plan in place so that you're able to ensure that your assets pass to the individuals you want them to pass to. So I think, well, I find in my experience that, that that purchase... Uh, when you come in to sign all the documents, um, we generally get into the discussion about the will yeah. and why it's important and whether you have one and whether it needs updating.
0: Well, one of the questions that comes up on a real estate transaction is the ownership. Is it going to be mm-hmm. uh, joint ownership or yeah. tenancy in common, right?
1: Exactly. And that's one of the questions we ask when we're preparing documents. Let's is,
0: talk about that for a brief second. Um, yeah. Explain the difference for our listeners.
1: Um, so with joint tenancy, which is how uh, most, not all, but most uh, spouses will register title, um essentially ensures that if one of the parties passes away, the property transfers automatically to the survivor by right of survivorship. Mm-hmm. That's joint tenancy. The other option is tenants in common. With tenants in common, you can actually register title um, in unequal percentages and essentially split ownership to ensure that when you pass away, your share in the property uh, goes in accordance with your will and is subject to probate.
0: Uh, so it doesn't go to the other the Exactly, other
1: owner. And we uh, commonly see that whenever... Um, Individuals are investing in property together. Yep. Um, it's it's a business decision, um, or uh, parties are contributing unequal amounts towards the acquisition. Yep. Um, but it really depends on the situation. We're happy to discuss that in detail.
0: Which brings up another thing there are in, in our marketplace where real estate is very expensive. There are people that are grouping together and they're choosing to buy real estate together. They may not even be related. They might just be friends. Uh, you know, maybe two, uh, um, uh, two parties get together and buy a house together or even I had one that was three parties, Mm -hmm. right? So, uh, that would require a very robust,
2: uh, legal agreement between the parties, right? Definitely. You want to make sure that you understand what the agreement is between the parties and you sit down and discuss what happens if someone wants out, what happens if the market goes down, what happens if someone can't pay. So you want to make sure you all understand what it is, the situation is, and you put that to paper as well. Yeah, so, so important. We had a question, uh, you know, just talking, getting back to wills and estates, we had a
0: question a little while ago uh, (laughs) on our show here. Somebody asked, what happens when there is not will or an estate
1: that's a good question yeah. um, so if you don't have a will your assets are essentially dispersed in accordance with the wills estates and succession act so um, there's a scheme set out in the act which which determines how your assets will be dispersed um, and at that point you have no control over who receives what
0: so then where if somebody's uh, somebody has a house has yeah. money in the bank
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, there are no beneficiaries it doesn't go to anyone um, where does all where does all that money go?
1: So, according to the legislation, um the spouse uh, essentially is the first beneficiary. If you have children from a previous relationship, yeah. then the spouse receives a certain share, and the balance is split between the spouse and the children. Yeah. If there's no spouse, then to the children, if no children, to grandchildren if no grandchildren, upline to parents. Yeah,
0: but what if there's nobody? Like if there's there's yeah. no, because we see that, right? Yeah. People that don't have, never married, uh, whatever, don't have kids, don't yep. have, yeah.
1: And so when people come to me and say, I don't want anything to go to the government, that's why I'm going to do a will. Okay. <laughs> okay. Eventually it's going to go to the government.
0: Got it. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, because that is really the mystery question. So yeah. uh, in the absence of anybody else, exactly. it will go to the government. right? Yeah.
1: It has to go through those various stages first. But yes, if there's absolutely no one. Yeah then it, it essentially goes to the crown.
0: Okay, so key point here is if you don't want your money going to the government, <laughs> uh, make sure you get...
1: A will. A will. Mm-hmm.
0: Get that all uh, laid out and everything there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Um, your law firm, guys, tell the listeners where you're located.
1: So we are located at the corner of Shelburne and Cedar Hill Crossroad, just above Coast Capital.
0: That's a great spot. You've got parking yeah. there and everything?
1: It is a very good spot, yes. We have lots of free parking, um, yeah. which clients really appreciate
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So again, I just want to do a little uh, shout-out to uh, the Sitka Law Group here. Anyone here who's listening that needs some legal advice, even secondary advice, um, if you are looking uh, to change your home or get a refinance, uh, you need a review on wills, estates, uh, please give these guys a call. Again, the contact uh, phone number is?
1: Is 778-265-2677.
0: And the website?
1: Law.ca.
0: Great. And of course, listeners, you can find that information uh, on the CFAX 1070 website under the Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe, because uh, all of Sika Law's information uh, is posted there. And I want to remind everyone about our event. It's going to be on March the 9th, Saturday, at the Union Club downtown uh, from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. You'll be up close and personal with myself and all of the sponsors from the Whole Home Show Denise Webster, mortgage broker. Uh, Carrie Augustini, the home insurance manager from Island Savings. Carrie Smith, a building inspector. Uh, and of course, the, law, the lawyers from the Sitka Law Group. Uh, you'll learn tips on buying, selling, owning, insuring, and maintaining your home. Uh, you will really enjoy the two hours. And by the way, uh, tickets have been moving. There's limited seating. So if you're interested, you best get on it quick. Get on our CFAX, uh, our website, CFAX 1070, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. There's a link there where you can sign up. We would love to see you there. Uh, thank you, Gripreet and Christian, for joining us today. Uh, our listeners will be hearing a lot more from you guys uh, coming up here. Uh, and thank you for uh, being a supporter and giving your expertise.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. We look forward to it. Excellent. And to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.